0: I just want to say before this episode starts that there's a lot of talk about alcohol in this one. This is a really rough time for people in recovery and if it's not helpful to you to listen to this right now, I'd recommend maybe just going and listening to another episode or something else. If you're worried about your drinking right now, charities like Alcohol Change UK can offer advice and support during this time. Please take care of yourself. This is Lekka. I'm Lucy Dearlove.
1: Hi Lucy. Uh, Lockdown for me started really early, or isolation I should say. I got sick right at the beginning of this whole thing and was in the house for a good 10 days before there are any government guidelines on isolating, uh, at first it was a bit of a slog but I'm kind of getting in, used to it now and now that there are less worries about where money's going to be coming from and that I've been furloughed, you know, I'm more than happy to take 80% and sit at home doing nothing apart from endeavouring to find the best £6 bottle of wine from the local newsagent. Well, I mean, I say doing nothing. I'm in with my partner and my uh, 16, 17-month-old daughter. It's not far off working in a bar, looking after someone who constantly needs entertaining food and drink from you and doesn't really know how to ask for it.
0: Many years ago, Sean Blake used to be my boss. He managed Rosie's Deli Cafe in Brixton Market while the owner, Rosie, was on maternity leave and while there started a pop-up, Sean's Bar, that took advantage of the market's new evening opening hours. I should admit here that Sean and I did not always see eye to eye. But... Usually after we'd had some sort of argument over a mess that I'd made during lunch rush, he would make me the best Bloody Mary of my life. And it would all kind of be fine. I still have his Bloody Mary recipe. It's just a photo of an ingredients list scrawled on an order ticket stuck up behind the counter at Rosie's. And I always have it in my mind when I'm making them. The first Negroni I ever drank was made by Sean. He told me to never drink them through a straw. And how best to photograph them with the orange slice at the front of the glass. When he co-founded Coral's Bar in Peckham with Lauren Whitfield a few years back, his black margarita was the stuff of legend. He's managed the bar and designed menus for Pit Q, Brunswick House, Polpo Group and loads more, and was previously a YBF finalist too. Sean is an amazing improviser when it comes to flavours and ingredients. And that's what I first had in mind when we started talking about doing this. A guide to making great cocktails at home with whatever you have on hand. And he does talk about that, and I think brilliantly. But obviously there is also a much bigger conversation to be had about the future of drinking in the face of the lockdown. So we're going to get onto that too. I thought this was a good time to message because it is... Early evening on a really nice bank holiday Friday, the sun's out, it's really warm. On any other day, people would be out on the streets, they would be in pubs, they'd be in bars, any other sort of social places having a drink. And that's not happening because we're all, you know, mostly in our houses. And I feel like drinking cocktails at home is quite an interesting thing because I think there's a bit of a, like, assumption that... It's, it's like it's complicated you have to have special ingredients to drink cocktails at home um I think maybe and I include myself in this like you kind of lack confidence in like improvising stuff because in case it's shit so if I'm making cocktails like I have a few things that I you know I kind of churn out like constantly make Negronis because like you don't need to have a mixer so everything can stay at ambient temperature you know occasionally make a whiskey sour but i don't always have sugar syrup on hand and it's kind of long to make it just to have a drink so i'm really interested to hear if you've got any like advice for people who want to make cocktails at home especially in these times when you know you cu- mixers aren't necessarily an essential item like you can't be nipping out for tonic all the time or whatever so yeah I'm really excited to hear what you've been making to drink
1: so cocktails at home is a it's a mad one i mean i would most bartenders I know just don't do it like i said earlier my I've been drinking a lot of cheap wine and trying to figure out what's good, but there's not a lot i think uh when you first spoke to me about possibly doing this, you know going into your point about improvising stuff i had so many silly ideas about baked bean bloody marys and you know mint sauce mojitos because everyone's got that dodgy mint sauce in their fridge door and you know it's kind of the mindset of improvisation for every cocktail list or drinks menu i've ever done there's been a hundred absolutely awful drinks but through Knowing what's bad, I've managed to figure out what works. And as my careers progressed and I've had more opportunities to do these things, it, it's gotten a lot easier. One of my really good isolation discoveries has been oat milk and how easy it is to make at home. So, milk would have been used as a mixer for things like bourbon before you could get clean water, milk was always ready to drink. And oat milk works in much the same way. You can make a really good white Russian with oat milk and you've basically just been paying too much for it your whole life. The last few days I've been playing around with it and it's so simple. I started off with four parts tap water and one part oats, which I thought was too too watery and too weak so now I do two parts water one part oats in the Nutribullet blender whatever Whiz it up leave it overnight and strain it through a sieve or two or a blue cloth a new blue cloth if you have one <laughs> not an old one if you don't have a new one use a sieve and you got nice thick oat milk Then you can shape that with a bit of sugar or you can even use frosties. Everyone likes a bit of cereal milk, like left in the bowl at the bottom. Pour it over a bit of strong coffee and a glass of ice. It's a good non-bovine white Russian. You know, if you don't have things like shakers at home or stirrers, use a jar, use a baby bottle, use anything. You can seal the lid on you can use two plastic cups. Another good trick you can do to spice up your spirit a bit is tea bags. Everyone's got flavoured tea that's probably been sitting around the cupboard for ages. You stick a tea bag in a bottle of gin for 20 minutes. You've got a nice Earl Grey gin or a lemon and ginger gin. Chill that down, you have a martini, delicious. On martinis, I would just say, get your vodka or your gin extra cold. Don't need to worry about any vermouth. You can use olive oil or, you know, I just quit smoking weed and I have CBD oil in the house. Put a drop of that in your uh, in your martinis. pretty rad before bedtime. Just want to say, by the way, a martini is just a polite way of asking for a really, really cold double shot of gin or vodka Uh, I don't want it to sound too posh or contrived everyone's got olives in the fridge have a dirty martini just squish an olive into your gin or vodka it's the perfect time to use those dodgy glasses you inherited from your nan or those little bottles of weird spirits that you've not not ever touched that are at the back of your drinks cabinets if you have a access to a garden fresh herbs just stick some fresh sage or fresh fresh anything i've been using oregano because i read it was a oregano tea was a an old cure for respiratory (laughs) i can't say it properly respiratory diseases you know even a drop of squash We've got a, a running joke in the house about having a Gin Robinsons <laughs> or a Gin, Gin Ribena. You know, I don't think there's any lowbrow or highbrow when it comes to drinking. you just got to approach it like, how can I make getting drunk the most delicious today? So yeah, it's just got to be a bit of a, a no fear. If you don't like it, just uh, get it down you and on to the next one you sounded worried about sugar syrup so when every bar i've ever worked at i have a battle with bartenders and they cook up their sugar syrup for so long for me it's one part sugar one part water cold water and just shake it until the water dissolves we've also been giving the the little one a lot of fruit so we're left with a lot of like pear cores and apple cores you know all the bits you can't eat orange peel just you can stick a bottle of rum with a load of fruit stones or apple cores pear cores leave it for a week it's gonna be really tasty I don't really want to talk about recipes and I don't think that's what makes a good bartender and I don't think that's what makes a good drink there are some great cocktails out there that have always been around but right now we're at a time when no one really has the resources to do that so you know you know what flavors you like you know what you've got in the house you just gotta be a bit bold with it and 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 make do oh, It's so hard just to talk into my iphone i think that's probably the thing i miss most about being in a bar is that human contact that that we we just don't have at the moment it's a real struggle you know on that note a lot of companies and bars including the one I work at you know this is a really hard time we've got landlords and I will name check them Uh, the pub I work at is owned by Heineken who are billionaires they are charging every pub in their portfolio full rent they're just deferring it it's crazy it's I think it's really important if you are drinking and if you're spending money on buying nice things buy it from people who need it buy it from small companies buy it from independent breweries they're all delivering online buy it from small distilleries who've now all converted their production lines to making hand sanitizer for hospitals don't go to tescos and stand in a queue for 2 hours it's really important right now and when this is all over don't go back to tescos keep shopping with those local small independent businesses and it will really help i don't want to sound too preachy but it's you know this is the time that things can really move forward from what we've had and Market dominance is such a big issue in the booze world and the reason you only drink the same five spirits in most places is because they're all owned by one mega corporation. There are some companies that have been really supportive and really great. I got a a bartender care package from uh, Suntory Whiskey which had basics like pasta and stuff and they're rolling them out for any bartenders in the UK. You should check it out if you're really struggling. It's the same, like, don't drink in Wetherspoons. The guy's an absolute... I can't even swear enough on this podcast to describe him, but I think uh, moving forwards, just don't forget... What you've had to do during these times. Having done my one listen back to that, I realised earlier on I said uh, that water would dissolve, but it's, it's, it's about water dissolving sugar. So I'll say sugar a few times, Lucy, maybe you can cut it in. Sugar. Sugar. <laughs> Still laughing. Sugar. <laughs> Sorry, one more time because the missus was laughing. Sugar.
0: <laughs> so I just want to say that I cut a couple of things from the recordings that Sean sent me because there wasn't the opportunity to give people and the companies he was talking about, the right to reply. And ultimately, I didn't want to get sued for libel, however unlikely that might be. But I wanted to provide you with something that is not libellous, and that is facts. Star Pubs and Bars, the company owned by Heineken, who own around 2,900 premises, issued a statement on Twitter on March the 18th saying, we are suspending the collection of rent for our leased and tenanted pubs until at least the end of April. They have yet to follow this up with any other public statement as far as I can tell. So this appears to mean that, as Sean says, they will still be collecting this rent. It's deferred, not cancelled. So these pubs and bars, ordered to shut by the UK government, are still ultimately having to pay rent to star pubs and bars. In 2019, Star Pubs and Bar's parent company, Heineken, their revenue amounted to approximately 23.89 billion euros. Sean also talked about Weatherspoons. Weatherspoons have stated that they cannot afford to furlough their 40,000 employees until the government scheme to cover employees' wages comes in in late April. Tim Martin, their founder and CEO, denies that he is abandoning workers. But in a statement, did not deny that workers would cease to be paid in March until further notice. Weatherspoon's pre tax profit in 2019 was £102.5 million. Sean Blake is, in his own words, a part time food and drink photographer, music producer, low skilled worker and full-time dad. He's a big advocate for making food and drink more approachable and less wanky. And I think he does a great job. I also think Sean's point about spending your money with people who need it is so important. He's given me a few great suggestions of uh, drinks people who really deserve your support at this time, and I'll put those in the show notes. But he also urges you to investigate your local bars, pubs, breweries and distilleries and see if you can buy takeaway or buy direct or ask them about prepaid drink schemes for when they reopen. Some other things to consider are buying takeaway directly from businesses rather than through third-party delivery apps who take a substantial cut and also holding companies to account on social media. This is the last of my three lockdown special episodes. Go back and listen to the others if you haven't already. I really hope you've enjoyed them. I made them in a kind of a bit of a frenzy because I think I needed to have some sort of specific outlet for everything that I was thinking and feeling at the moment. And I just wanna say a huge thank you to the three people who I spoke to for these episodes. Rebecca Spaven, Yelena Belgrave and Sean Blake, both for their time in recording these things for me and also just their generosity and wisdom as well. Like I've learnt so much from all of these episodes, and I really hope you have too. I currently don't have any plans to make any more lockdown episodes, but this could change, and um, so your feedback or your thoughts on anything you feel like should be talked about or that you'd like to hear are very welcome drop me a line on Twitter or Instagram at Lekka Podcast. This is a really, really weird time for the food and drink world. Um, just finally, I just want to do a little plug. If you're not already subscribed to Jonathan Nunn's Vittles newsletter, then I really strongly urge you to do so and also put some money towards it if you can as well. He is commissioning people from across the industry who've been laid off or whose businesses are currently closed. And he's commissioning a lot of people who haven't really done any food writing before and I think that's such an important thing and it's resulted in some of these extraordinary pieces being shared and it's from a lot of voices that aren't normally heard in food media and I I just think it's so important, particularly at this time, that stories like that are being told on a big enough platform. I will be back with another episode next month. Thank you for listening.